0: Today on Podcast Them Down, we learn how to forge the steel. Podcast Them Down! Welcome to Podcast Them Down. I'm Tim Regan from U.S. power metal band Burning Shadows, Fade to Black Metallica Tribute, Dual Violin Folk Metal Band Eisenmore, and Recently Vacated Graves True Zombie Metal. Be sure to subscribe, like, or follow. And now, on with the show. All right, I'm joined by Mike from Eisenmore and recently vacated Graves, True Zombie Metal. We're going to talk about how... The, we're going to talk about the songwriting process. So Mike and I wrote uh, quite, quite a few songs over the, uh, over the years. And uh, if you ask me right now, how, how do you write a song? I have no answer for you. So yeah, uh, you you sit down and uh, write the song and then when it's done, you record the song. <laughs> That's how. right. All right, the end. Thanks for listening.
1: Yeah, there we go. Oh, no, I, sorry. I, yeah, so so I, I pitched the idea for this show because I so for one, I think Tim and I have very different songwriting processes. You know what I mean? Like, like I think the way you and I approach songwriting is very different. Um and I find that kind of fascinating. And I and I find a lot of this very fascinating. Um so for for the most uh succinct way I can think to put my approach to songwriting is that I have to invent a concept and then get completely up my own ass about it in order for the song to come out the way that I want it to. Um so I have to have some grand stupid idea. And the thing is w- w- what I love about this is if I heard any other musician talking about that, I'd be like, oh, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Um but but for whatever reason, this helps me do my thing. Uh and, and I and I find this super fascinating. Um, I think it sounds like and, you know, I know we've sat down and write a, wrote a bunch of songs together. Pardon me. Um, but it, it sounds like you listen to a lot of bands for inspiration. So you'll yes. figure out, like... Okay.
0: Th- that is true, yes.
1: Yeah, so, so you know, you want, you might listen to Nile Like, you're trying to make, like, a super fast... You know... Uh, right, so,
0: so you just listen to a band for a while. And uh, then it just kind of... Colors,
1: like,
0: colors what you jam on, <laughs> you know, if you're just, if you're just noodling and then you can kind of develop something from there. Yeah. So, uh, the song, no more room in hell on the first RVG album, true zombie metal. <laughs> that was, I think that was the last song that was written for the album and I ended up with uh, two obituary CDs in my car. And so I was driving around for, they were the only CDs in my car. And uh, keep in mind, this was, oh shit. Well, that's upsetting. It was 17 years ago, (laughs) driving (laughs) around two obituary CDs in my car. And so I listened to them constantly uh, because that, that was the only option. And, uh, I was like, "Oh, I need I need a last song for the album," <laughs> and that's why "No More Room in Hell" sounds uh, like "Obituary" because it it was uh, it osmosed <laughs> into Ugh. me. So I I think it's very obvious what I was listening to at the time when <laughs> when I write songs, but uh, it, often people are surprised when I
1: oh, tell it- them. See, usually when you tell when you're like I was listening to Nile and you throw something because there was there was a song on RVG's most recent EP uh that was literally titled like its working title was like Nile.
0: That's right. But when I listened I I to, to I had that to sit down and figure out what song that is. <laughs> I, but, I I lost track I lost the bubble on all the working titles.
1: Yeah. The but the when I heard it I was like yeah that's clearly Nile. Right. Like usually, when I when you have like a working title like that, it's very obvious to me. It's like okay, yeah, I can I can totally hear, I can hear the inspiration. Um, no, like so you, Tim writes the absolute majority of RPG. You know, RPG yeah, is definitely it's,
0: it's the vast majority. Of-
1: yeah, it, it's it's your baby through and through i've contributed like a little bit like like not much at all i, th- I think like parts of the song and then like <laughs> like a riff here and there sorts of shit
0: well R- um, RBG is the pile that everything goes into you, you
1: know <laughs> <laughs> um but, but but it's interesting like i think i tend to overthink songs a lot um and there, there's some argument that I'm I'm very pleased with the output of Eisenmore, uh, which, and we can get to that in a minute, where I had, like... I, I had much more involvement in the writing of Eisenmore's EP through the album release. Um, so everything.
0: If you're keeping score at home, <laughs> <laughs> that would be literally everything. <laughs> and plus but, Saxon Shore.
1: Uh, but I've had much less involvement with RVG but i think RVG's written like way more shit since i've been involved in it uh because well,
0: it's, i it's easy I'll, to write RVG like i don't i can't really explain it but i can, i i was saying earlier just sit down and write it i can literally do that, do that for RVG <laughs> there's there's like uh there's like a local minimum <laughs> in the in the fretboard, and that's where my that's where my fingers go, and that's how RVG happens. It's like <laughs> it just exists biologically within me to turn it on and spit out RVG. Nice. Uh, and you know that goes a- along with the whole the whole brain. Uh, you know, zombies like have the lower brain function. <laughs> So so never second guess an RVG rip. That's the other thing. It's it's probably right the first time you do it. This is not true for anything else I do.
1: (laughs) But like I really like comparing RVG versus Eisenmore. So Eisenmore, Eisenmore's thing, in addition to the fact that it's two violins, I think is that it's ridiculously dense. Like like everybody who's mixed Eisenmore despises, despises <laughs> it at the end, because there's typically at least seven instruments yeah, doing. Let's,
0: let's go through the instrumentation real quick.
1: <laughs> yeah. So there's two guitars.
0: As, as the person who mixed the album, <laughs> I absolutely hate it. So two guitars, yeah, at least yeah, two, sometimes it, there's a lead on top of those.
1: Yeah. And uh, there's, so there's actually four guitar parts of parts in the album. Um, I don't know that they all made it on there, but, you know.
0: Oh, I'm sure they did.
1: Yeah. Uh, so there's two guitars, two violins, uh, bass, keys, often multiple keys, drums, and then vocals. But the vocals, are, it's not just screams. There's frequently three, two, two, three, and four-part harmonies. So it's just stupidly dense.
0: And, um, and there's multiple screams, which I had to handle. <laughs> differently,
1: yeah. So there's uh, high,
0: mid, and low screams as well, <laughs> and there were gang vocals.
1: <laughs> so, so it's just too much, right? But the the thing about like so so I I'm much more heavily involved, or I was much more heavily involved in the existing Eisenmore tracks, and I really really like this. My two favorite bands ever are. Green Carnation and Devon Townsend, and well Devon Townsend and his various projects, but both of them have pretty simple uh instrumentation but complex arrangements I think um Devon Townsend especially Green carnation is a little bit more Spartan in that aspect, I think, but they have more of like they'll they know how to make everything sound massive and then go away from it and then come back. You know, like they know how to use what they have to very good effect. And then Devin Townsend just has just wall, like layers and layers and layers of shit going on at all times. Um, And then I, I just like, I I frankly just like the sound of harmonized guitars. Uh, So I basically try to like mesh all this shit when I write (laughs) together uh and the I think the result is that like Eisenmore songs tend to take longer to write because there's a lot of second you know, I think when you write this way, you have to be very careful about when to let something shine because since there's like seven things happening at any given moment, it's like, okay, do we really need a guitar harmony and a violin harmony and keys here? Or do we need to like do something simple and let something else kind of stand out? Or, or, or is it just like the sum of all of its parts? Um, but this is the way I think about songwriting. This this is like too, this is too much. (laughs) Um, and, and, and I, I guess I just generally find the idea of contrasting approaches differently because I think everybody, I, I've talked to a lot of people about like, how do you, Write songs. So Pete in eisenmore he's got a band, Intentional Trainwreck. When he had a episode not too long ago, where I think I asked about the songwriting process because I'm, I'm curious about that sort of thing. And it, they've got a lot of room for just like fuck around. Like you, you know, we're, we're going to put together a skeleton, and you're you go do a solo and you know do your thing. And this is room for your solo. And it's and it's just it, it's a very different way. Um I I remember looking up um oh what's the name? Animals as leaders. And regardless of how you feel about them, uh it, I, I'm not the hugest fan of gent. I like animals as leaders. It's uh,
0: pronounced Dient. Dient. <laughs> it's, it's Swedish.
1: The gigigent. Um <laughs> uh, so, I was re- I was reading that a lot of the stuff that they do is that they like write in the DAW, uh, so, so they, And DAW being digital audio workstation, so, so they have like a DAW software like Cubase or Reaper, and they'll write, record, write, record, write, record, and then their songs kind of spawn this way. Um, and I've I've often thought about trying to use different processes for different feels. Because I used to write in the Daw as well, but for Eisenmore, everything is much more calculated. So things typically come out in software. Like we use Guitar Pro to write Eisenmore. Not a sponsor. Before. Not but as, it, yeah. Not
0: if a robust music wants to uh, sponsor yeah. us.
1: <laughs> come on. <laughs> uh, you but, can
0: you can at me.
1: <laughs> so. You know, I felt like I wrote a certain way in the Daw that maybe I don't write in as much with Guitar Pro. Uh and and I, I haven't really had the opportunity to to experiment with that as much as I'd like, mainly because having twin toddlers makes it very difficult.
0: It's always to have twins hobbies. with you. You ever notice that?
1: Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> just just kids, kids, kids. Twins, twins, twins. Uh but yeah, so the my next the next thing I want to do is honestly just try to l- literally compare and contrast like how does how do I write in the DAW versus Guitar Pro versus some mixture of the two. Because I do think the output is different. Um But yeah, like the the You know, i I think rvg is pretty much typically written in Guitar Pro before anything else.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, uh... Do so you riff on it a bit, right?
0: Yeah, but it's pretty much whatever goes into Guitar Pro ends up being the song. And, there, you know, there's a... It generally follows an intro riff chorus type structure, you know. Just nothing too out of the box except for... See, this is the problem. Except for when it doesn't, <laughs> you know, and...
1: Some of the songs on the new EP, I think, are pretty unusually structured.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a good example of when oh, I just didn't do it that time. It's different yeah. now. <laughs> so, <laughs> one I remember writing uh, one of the songs on "Consumed by Death," and that's the one where the tempo, time signature, and key changes for every riff. Oh God! And that was like a challenge I was giving myself. It's like all right <laughs> you like you come up with a riff and then the next one can't share anything with that riff it has to be totally different I think that song is called vla or something like that <laughs> so
1: there was a uh, okay this, this is complete non-related there was a software I was using briefly and I believe it's git kraken so it's just a your, your programmer. It's just like a visual visualizer for yeah, source uh source control. Uh and I think when they were getting started, they put out a contest. I think I think it was Git Kraken about like, oh, we want like a theme song, so we're gonna have like a song contest. And it's like we're partial to rap. And I never I never ended up following through with this but i thought this idea was so stupid <laughs> that i started trying to put together like like a death metal song that was ridiculously complex so, so yeah i was trying to do the same thing where it was like a different time signature every every measure or every riff find just the to down make it beat.
0: find the downbeat find the downbeat <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, but but in my head the whole thing was like here here's this thing that's like fucking unlistenable I want this to be And it would have been so much work for no purpose for me. But at the, in that moment, I found it very amusing.
0: so another another song I can give insight into is "Sarnath" by Burning Shadows." And that mm. one that was most of the yeah. verse chorus and pre-chorus structure. Like, I so I came up with a riff. So, like, where that riff comes from, I can't tell you. <laughs> like, I don't know. I can't articulate it. But so you come up with a riff, and then you made it, I made it different for the next part. So, in the song, the verse is based in E, and then for the pre chorus, I was like, well, I'll go to A. <laughs> you know and so there's a variation of the main theme uh on a different string and then it goes back to the original string and then the chorus is another variation so like everything's kind of similar but different and then you sandwich that between the intro idea and then uh, the interlude is totally different, and then the solo is totally different, and then the you come back to the original idea, and then the outro is totally different. So, where all those ideas came from, I don't know. But I like a lot of the meat of that song was just here's a riff. How can I vary it to keep it interesting?
1: Uh, the, leitmotif, yes. the
0: the light motif, basically. Yes. <clears throat> <laughs> you you get a ding. So the. Uh, and I think another song that kind of went that way, a little less complex uh, though, was uh, "Legions of Decay" by Recently Vacated Graves.
1: Oh, interesting! Yeah, yeah. yeah I, so I guess it's, I like, can see it's that. a main
0: idea that gets kind of varied a bit.
1: Hmm. So, so to to completely nerd out for a second, and I mean, true, true, deep nerdity. Um
0: how can you so how can you nerd past light motif i
1: mean so in undertale <laughs> let's, let's find the video out game, let's find out there's a video game called undertale
0: ah uh, you lost me
1: <laughs> uh so, so so the interesting thing about undertale is that the
0: isn't under the tail the butt <laughs> yes yes
1: this game is it's a game entirely about it's about, it's about the butt it's about butts uh <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay, well, let me go off on one more tangent before we get to what I was going to say.
0: Okay. Okay, I'm going to need a map to get back to the conversation.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my, we have this, like, board book, uh, you know, like, like a kid's board book of Alice in Wonderland. And uh, they're... There's one page. It, it's 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 not really like involved. It's just kinda of like a summary, basically. That you can just kinda of talk to and it's it's kinda of fun to read. But me and my daughters were reading it and um one of the pages has three potions on it. And one of them says, Drink me, and the other says like blah. Eh. So uh uh my one daughter's asking me, like, what does this do? It's like the good one. It's like, oh, that's the one you're supposed to drink. And it's like, what does this do? And I have no idea. Like, the other two are bad. She's like, I'm not sure. So she asked me a few times, just being silly. And then eventually I say, okay, th- this turns you into a walking, talking butt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she's like, what? And she's clearly amused. <laughs> <laughs> if, if she, if she goes to the other one. Like, what's that like, that turns you into a double walking talking but that's that's what it does so very good, okay very good. so I, so this happens at night and the next morning it's saturday so they're we're trying to like we're trying to sleep a little bit as they run around until we kind of can't we can't do it anymore and we have to actually get up uh, and i i noticed that my daughter is singing to the tune of where is thumpkin walking talking but walking talking but and then my wife comes over and says mike she she told me that you taught her walking talking but <laughs> yes i yes, uh, did you're in trouble and that's my
0: <laughs> <point>. <laughs> <It> talks <laughs>
1: Oh, that was awesome!
0: Good job. I I need a slow clap on here. Yeah. If you're keeping track, I need um I need a vomit sound and a slow clap sound. Okay. We'll see if I ever get them.
1: So Undertale, the butt. Um, the the creator of Undertale uh, is actually a composer, first and foremost. So one of the things about Undertale is that the music written for Undertale is actually pretty spectacular i mean his video game music i you know i i don't mind video game music i think it's can be pretty cool and he did a really good job but one of the things that underpins undertale is leitmotifs there's tons and tons and tons and tons of leitmotifs that ride throughout the whole game to the point where almost every song is a variation of something else uh and it's interesting because you don't notice it on the first play through necessarily and then you start listening a little bit more you're like oh yeah okay i get it you can do surprising amounts of things with very like varying a riff uh or, ver- or you know varying a melody um to the point where it's almost unrecognizable so yeah that's pretty cool
0: so i like i'm sure many guitarists have a mountain of riffs I wrote during all the COVID lockdown stuff. <laughs> so, mountain of r- mountain of riffs. I don't know if they're any good because, uh, you know, when working on a song, usually you want to get together and jam on it and make sure it sounds good. So, that's actually, I think, the stage we're at now because we've been getting together again to rehearse or practice or work on songs as of the recording of this episode. So, um, and now we're taking all these piles of riffs uh, that have accumulated (laughs) and sitting down and kind of go, does this feel right? So that's the strategy we've been going with recently, which isn't something we've, i've had to do before you know usually uh usually the time between writing a song and you know learning it and playing it with people is pretty short so you can you you know the evolution is somewhat quick you know but now i have year old stuff probably more than year old stuff of like i don't even know what i was thinking (laughs) when it when I came up with it uh for a lot of it, so i'm I'm prepared for not not me of course, but other bands just releasing total crap right. <laughs> post pandemic you know it's like here's here's a here's a bunch of stuff we wrote that we don't know if it's any good, but we had to release something, you know I'm expecting that to happen, hopefully I'll be proven wrong, but you know. I know this is an unfair example, but liquid tension experiment 3 was recorded during COVID, but you know, it, that's that's not uh that's not a fair example. <laughs> Cuz they can just walk in and uh you know, create gold and leave and and they've done it in a week.
1: <laughs> so, it's actually an interesting thing you brought up though. Uh so a lot of what Sorry. Yeah, you better be sorry. Um, so a lot of the songwriting process for me is listening to stuff that I've written and trying to convince myself that I do or do not despise it entirely. <laughs> so the song Battle Scarred on, on Eisenmore was probably... the so, so the two songs that were the hardest to come together on uh, Eisenmore's Shield Brother I think, were uh, Battlescarred and Shield Brother.
0: I know for a fact, Drink to Glory wrote itself.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Drink know? to Glory was pretty much just done. That
0: was that was like an, an afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> it was just Done and done.
1: But like Battlescarred, I think I came up with everything up to the first chorus. And then it started kind of going off the rails a bit. And it was very difficult to get it where it didn't bore me at a certain point. And it took like a year or more. And then finally, Tim wrote, like you, you wrote a, I, I keep talking to the audience, but we're supposed to be talking to each other. Whatever. <laughs> but, but, you know, you wrote that, that interlude section, you know, like the, and I was like, oh shit. Like, like, yes. Um, And then we, I think we built through that and everything kind of came together. S.H.I.E.L.D. Brother was another interesting one because you, me, and Nick wrote the hell out of the song, and it just wasn't what Nick pictured. So he was like, I just have to sit on this for a bit. So he got it to where it is now with some of our contributions in there. Um, But it was like the first, I think it's the first Eisenmore song where he kind of just like... I, I think there was some sort of like like ownership of the song where it's like okay, I gotta. I, I know how I want this to sound. Trust me, this is gonna sound great. And then he got it through, and it's like okay, yeah, this sounds pretty, pretty awesome. The There's,
0: yeah, go, go ahead.
1: <laughs> the, the 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 third song that's interesting on Shield Brother is Sigurd's song. I think. Um, right. right. So Sig- Sigurd's song is seventeen minutes long. And that's my fault because I love Green Carnation and everything they write. Well, you know, they have Light of Day, Day of Darkness, which is an hour long. And that's kind of like my aspirational goal, right? I want to, if I can write an hour long song. That's I, good.
0: I, I, <laughs> that's, that's the good. Uh
1: Yeah, that I, that I don't despise. It's very important to me that if I do this, I don't despise <laughs> the song. Um, but like. You know I, I like long songs I like getting like just lost in a song So I kicked off Sigurd's song And I think you made the comment That was like this could be like our epic I was like alright I can do it
0: Oh yeah, yeah it's you, one of those songs There, There's another one uh, Yeah, I, Who knows when who it's what? actually Going to be done but there's another Thing you've written where it starts And you go this is the beginning of a long Song You can just tell,
1: you know, I I think most of the things I write nowadays have, have like a dramatic intro. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um,
1: but, but yeah, I, I wrote the intro and Tim listened to it and was like, this could be our epic. So I was like, all right, I'm going to make this as long as I can. And that one was interesting because I didn't hold that one close to my chest but it became so massive that I think nobody in the band knew how to make any, make constructive edits to it at a certain point. Like, like so what would, what would tend to happen is that I'd, I'd work on it and then I'd show it to the rest of the band and they'd be like, this is boring. This isn't boring. Like this is cool. Flesh that out more. And, and that worked. Uh, I know that you figured out the outro right like
0: well, well what I liked about the outro ended up being like I thought we I thought it was a little um I don't want to say sparse but it was just kind of like you, you know it needed a little more but then when Nick no 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 it 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 needed to be trimmed down that's
1: right.
0: you know it was just like oh it's just this for a while you know that kind of thing but then Nick comes in with the lyrics, and there's actually not enough song for the <laughs> lyrics. So it's just like jam-packed with story. Okay. And so if you read the lyrics, like lots happens in that last third of the song. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it's just it's just funny because originally I was like, this you know, there's too much space here. And it turns out there like there was not maybe not enough or you know it ended up being the exact right amount of space. But at the at the time it looked like oh we have to expand this more. But um you know, Nick it, made it work.
1: Yeah, and like lengthwise I, I, I don't know that I'd want to push that song any longer than it is. I mean it's pretty self indulgent, right? Uh to to make a seventeen minute long song. But I I I just decided we'd do it. We've gotten a decent response to it, uh which I've been pretty happy about, especially since it's so kind of unconventional, and I don't know if that's just because the genre lends itself to doing shit like that uh or or what um, but one of the things one of the things I find really interesting about the song is I struggled the most with the second section, so there's it's kind of like three distinct sections, and then I like guess like a reprise. So the first section is typically what we'll play live and we'll just leave it at that. And then we have a second section, which is really trimmed down and it kind of has like an acoustic build. And then the third section is a little bit more kick-ass. So I wrote like the first and third sections and I was like, yeah, these are pretty solid, but that second section I struggle with. And it ends up being that the second section is way stronger than I had originally thought while writing
0: it yeah like the the guitar pro doesn't really do it justice yeah
1: yeah and and the third section i think is the weakest part of the song i still like it but it's just not quite as dramatic as the rest um and it was not written to be that way but it clearly isn't as dramatic i think uh but 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 it's also interesting how you you write something and you're like yeah this is eh." And then and then you, you put it down to paper. It's like, oh, shit. This is, like, kind of much more awesome than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: if if you couldn't hear it, that's Mike patting himself on the back.
1: <laughs> just <a> smidge.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, I still have, I have tons of shit that I hate.
0: <laughs> Speaking of shit that you hate, there there's a Lost song that was written for that album as well. So there was a song that was written and half the band liked it and the other half did not. So we actually decided to shelve it. And that was one of the first ones I picked back up after we got the album out. It's <laughs> just
1: uh, meat of poetry.
0: It is meat of poetry. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's a, I think that's an interesting study because it's like, we have this this song that's done
1: yeah but, we and we worked a lot on it
0: yeah but it it was um it was not included with the album and so the uh, the question then becomes you you know do you just pitch it for the next one or do you fix it or what so uh it has been fixed uh in quotes you know but does that mean uh it's like good enough <laughs> for the uh next album and um so who knows we we won't know but uh i think it's better to overwrite and leave stuff off than to right. un- underwrite and have to fill the album so and uh you know the extreme the extreme version of that would be uh Metallica's St. Anger sessions when they wrote some ludicrous number of songs and then picked the best <laughs> however many tracks are on St. Anger and they still suck. So...
1: <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that's... boy. Yeah. So, so Shield Brother is definitely like to Poetry was the only song we cut. And technically Saxon Shore, kind of. And that was only because we recorded it as a single.
0: Yeah, that that had nothing to do with the songwriting aspect.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, that, it was intended to go along with Shield Brother, but it ended up being... We ended up doing a single of it just because we wanted to like prove out the sound, which was the idea of Daniel, who was in the band at the time. Um... And I honestly, I think it ended up being a really good idea because after Stax and Shore came out, it was like, I like the way this, like, like I like how we sound with this. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, we basically put everything that we had on Shield Brother. Um, there's still other stuff, but it was just, it was never intended to go on to Shield Brother. So, I mean, I know I know that I've, like I know, I know we're sitting on like twelve minutes of one epic that may or may not. It has a similar problem to Shield or to Cigarette Song right now, where I think it's too large for anybody to constructively add to it at the moment. <laughs> um, but then we've got a ton of shorter songs. Uh, one thing that I think is going to be very interesting is. A lot more of the band, so so Shield Brother and the EP was like, oh, what was uh,
0: that uh, real quick? Uh, we had the I I just remembered we had the same situation for uh, the Burning Shadows Beneath the Ruins. We wrote five songs mm-hmm. and left one off because we're like it's not quite there. So yeah, now we're revisiting it and what's gonna happen. So anyway, you were saying. Post-Shield Brother songwriting.
1: Yeah, so so the EP and Shield Brother is all me, you, and Nick.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's way more contribution from everybody this time around. Um, you know, there's a part of me that's worried about the style. Oh, cause...
0: I mean, that's absolutely a... Uh, too many cooks.
1: yeah. And... Like, you know, so
0: when you're when you're writing by committee, you have to uh, you have to not get butt hurt when someone's like, "I don't like this," <laughs> you know. So like that's that's the uh, that's the path you have to tread. You you know, yeah. which which makes you know contrast that with RPG. I'm right the first time, and no one's going to change it. The end. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I know there have definitely been times when you were like, I think I'm going to work on the next RVG album. And I've been like, oh yeah. And, and I could tell you were like, uh, it's just me. He's like, okay.
0: There are songwriting credits that aren't mine.
1: <laughs> I know. I, it's one of those things that we're like, I've done that too. You know, where it's like, I'm going to work on this. And somebody else is like, really? And it's like. I'm gonna work you, out. yeah I, <laughs> I'm gonna work out, which is totally fine, right uh, but like yeah i it's it's gonna be the next Eisenmore album is definitely gonna be interesting my I haven't been able to contribute as much writing wise as why it's, uh, why two, two guesses
0: <laughs> it's always it's always those twins with you
1: <laughs> I know. Um, but my gut is that we're going to write a shitload more and also shave off a shitload more.
0: Yeah. That's, and there's,
1: that's what I think is going to happen. They're going
0: to be, people are going to be clamoring for our, uh, B sides that sound nothing like the rest of the, <laughs> the release. <laughs>
1: that, that's so we got the gut. ultra, it,
0: there'll be fan club releases. There we go. <laughs>
1: there we go or
0: we'll just change saxon to brains and they'll be rpg songs. <laughs> there
1: you go. There you go. Yeah, no, it, it 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 is I I don't know. I I find the topic endlessly fascinating uh just the topic of songwriting because it's so very individual. for, for like anybody that I've talked to about it. Um you, you know, and I it, and I think it can even differ between people for one you Know the same person in different bands. I mean, I mean, think about like Jesper Stromblad, it has like a writing machine, right?
0: Oh, it, well, what I one of my favorite things about uh Hammerfall is you can hear when they ran out of Jesper's material. <laughs> if you just listen to the first five albums, you go, ah, they, here's where they ran out of Jesper songs,
1: <laughs> yeah, but like. If you think about like so he, he was Hammerfall and then In Flames it's like they sound you know pretty different. Oh, and Synergy. Synergy sounds very different than all that too. Um but, but it, it it's like even the same guy in a different in different context sounds just totally totally different. Um uh Meshuggah's writing process I find very interesting. Uh, Meshuggah, I don't think any of them live in the same country anymore, if I recall correctly. So they literally just, like, they riff on stuff and then email it to each other. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, and, th- and then they... Now, I think they need, like... When they play live, I think their their clicks are, like, very, very complicated. To, to support what they do, um, but yeah, they just completely are totally disconnected. Um, you know, which which I find pretty interesting as well. Uh, speaking of which, let's see this band. So you go into Metal Archives. Sugar, this band was accepted into the Metal Archives based solely on their early material, which is considered technical groove slash thrash metal. So they don't like their later stuff, which I guess they consider djent, 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 uh,
0: uh, de-gent. We- <laughs>
1: I take, I take issue with this. So, so Meshuga I think it's
0: djent.
1: De- <laughs> the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's raves. right. Raves. Uh, in the forest. <laughs> yeah, that was nerdy uh, Beautiful Um, So If you listen to even later Mishuga, I really don't think of it The same way I think alike I don't know It was a gent band
0: I, I Couldn't do it
1: I'm trying to think of bands that suck So I mean okay, <laughs> we, we, Call up Mark he knows yeah, yeah, between the buried <laughs> and me, no, they're not gent, but they do suck. Uh, what, what else? Sorry, I just wanted to talk shit on between the buried. <laughs> oh uh, man! Go. Any
0: anyone who's playing Mike Bingo is, <laughs> you know,
1: sleep. No, no, no. Someone's gonna win. No, sleep, sleep, no, they they suck. But they're not gent either. <laughs> Blizzard, oh no, man!
0: No. <laughs> I think I'm gonna get. All right, so uh, Google says. Periphery, Veil of Maya, Vid, Hijarta, Tesseract, Animals. This sounds like Mark's playlist.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely Mark's play. But Meshuggah really does. Loves DJ (laughs) Ant. Meshuggah doesn't really sound like periphery. Like, like, other than, like, the staccato kind of sort of riff shit that they do. So it's like they. They like pioneered the genre without really being the genre, so I don't. I don't agree with the assessment that they're now considered gent. It, it it'd be like if you if you spawned like a a craze, and it's like, oh yeah, he's he's that fad. It's like it doesn't really count if he like made it up, like it didn't exist, and then now it does because of him. I don't know. Anyway, unrelated. I'm so sorry I talked all that shit about between the buried and me, sleep and electric wizard.
0: <laughs>
1: and Stoner Doom and General. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't oh, know man. what came over me.
0: <laughs> Alright, well, I can't top that. <laughs> so um Uh, to all the contestants, send in your, uh, Mike bingo cards and, uh, we'll, we'll send a podcast them down t-shirt to the, uh, the first, the earliest postmarked winner. So
1: if you'd like to hear me talk shit on any other bands that you like, let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll probably find a way to be snoppish about it. Snoppish. Oh man.
0: (laughs) all right well uh do you have any final thoughts on songwriting
1: no no i think uh i've waxed philosophic enough about it all
0: yeah i i guess my advice is find what works for you
1: yeah that's the unfortunate definitive advice
0: and what works for you might not work uh you know like rvg writes one way burning shadows writes another way as writes another way and uh you know just uh just uh do whatever (laughs) there's no method to the to the uh there's no fixed process to make a song unless it's man of war all right so thanks for listening (laughs) Thanks for listening to Podcast Them Down. You can find Burning Shadows, Eisenmore, and recently vacated breaks on Bandcamp, as well as Facebook along with Fade to Black Metallica Tribute and Podcast Them Down itself. Until next time, keep it metal!
1: okay so so songwriting between the Baron and Me between the Barry and me is a very interesting band. They're all extraordinarily talented musicians, right they absolutely they crush their instruments they they can write any song that they want, but the thing that between the Barry and me never does is ask whether they should do something. They do whatever they want and they never question if it's a good idea and that that is the, the primary problem with between the Barry and me i you know. Have I ever had the desire to listen to a death metal song that then devolves into, like, western whistling? No. But Between the Buried and Me doesn't really give a shit. They don't care. They're gonna do it anyway because they can make it work even if it's the worst idea in the world. Fuck, man.